Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome. It's Miller and Condon on a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, talking sports with you for the next couple of hours with one exception, and that's going to come up in about 15 minutes. Trent and I are sponsored by our friends at Nick Mick, NCMIC. They have asked us to uh, devote some time to community endeavors, and uh, this morning for 10 minutes we will do just that. Uh, there is a urgent need for a convalescent plasma uh, from our friends at LifeServe Blood Support. So Danielle West will join us oh, at about quarter after the hour at 10 o'clock. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that need as the uh, winter months descend upon us. Uh, what they can do if you're so inclined to give blood. We'll talk to Danielle West at about 10.15. NCMIC Nitwick uh, asks us to do that, and we will do just that. Uh, at 10.30, Cody Goodwin from the Des Moines Register. A newspaper story in a second that's interesting. We'll get to. Uh, Cody Goodwin from the Des Moines Register. He covers high school sports. And we'll take a quick look at the two semifinals in 4A, maybe some of the other ones as we are underway, or if not yet, certainly within the next couple of hours at the Dome. Uh, Lee Sterling is here. It's Thursday, after all. He's got a five-pack of games. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports will opine about. He'll give you five games and then an opportunity to get his game of the week for free. But Lee's been good. Uh, 11.05, John Bowenkamp will talk Hawks with Trent and I, both basketball and football, as we're within one day of the Hawks heading north to take on the Gophers. Six o'clock kick down the hall on one on uh, 100.3 the bus no that's the cyclones <laughs> who 1040 who is where the hawkeyes play and always have played uh that's where you'll find them tomorrow night and then we will talk to pete futek for uh college football news as we'll go around college football so a lot to get to here today crazy ending in maction last night uh enjoy it while you can because next week's the last week of maction during the week i i don't i guess it's basketball and there's only so many um spots television spots to go around but boy oh boy maction's fun in the end of that game last night western michigan and toledo now the number i saw prior to kick was two and a half Uh uh-huh can you imagine having oh, Toledo? No, 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 no. What no. a kick in the balls. Uh, just, you got it wrapped up. It's two over. To go. It's over. And then Onside kick. Down the field they go. Tick, 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 tick. We're going to spike it. We're going to spike the ball. Line up, spike the ball. So we're a wide receiver. No one around them. Trent for 15 yards. Mm-hmm. Fake spike. Guy waltzes into the end zone. All the time in the world. Catches the ball. 17 seconds left, and if you've got Toledo, crushed. That's betting. 
That's betting. That is betting. On the other side, if you have Western Michigan, enjoy that one. That yeah. will not happen to you again this football season. It shouldn't. If it does, you're living right. Yeah, you got a horseshoe up your ass. Yeah, for sure. You're living right if that's the if you get that one. But what a crazy ending. So, as you know, I was on Eastern Michigan last night. My boy Chris Creighton, they yeah. let one slip away against Ball State. Still got the cover, but Samson Evans, remember him? Uh-uh. Former Hawkeye. He uh-uh. was a kid from Illinois, played in one of the smaller classes, okay. put up huge numbers, but... He was basically a wildcat quarterback. Okay. And they brought him in to be a running back. Just never I could find a spot. I don't remember him, Trent. He, he couldn't have uh, played very much. No, he didn't. And he was a guy, though, that was one of those message board stars. Okay. Yeah, that, that everybody yeah. was falling in love with. Uh, oh, this guy. He's under-recruited. He, yeah. He's really good at Eastern Michigan. That's a good spot for him, playing mm-hmm. in the MAC. And so watched a ton of that game, pretty much all that game. And then uh, flipped over late. And just that oh. thing went forever, too. It was a long game. You're right. Did you make it? To yes, dead? yes, yeah. and thankfully. Bama thought you were sleeping. Oh, did he? Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, some nights Bama would have been right, but yeah. uh, at the end of that one, because I had um, uh, my, 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 my best friend, uh, Louis, who was mm-hmm. a degenerate, um, asked me for some. I, I, get, I had him on Western Michigan. In okay. Oh. Yeah, so uh, he, he lucked out now. Anyways, uh, the newspaper story I, t- I talked about kind of um, – it's the sign of the times, right? The Kansas City Star, pretty good newspaper, pretty Absolutely. big newspaper. Yeah. I mean, pro town, defending Super Bowl champs. Not too many years ago, the, the World Series team resided in Kansas City. Kansas, K-State, Mizzou, cover them all. The Kansas City Star is being printed in Des Moines, Iowa. What? Yes. Kansas City Star, Des Moines, Iowa. So those deadlines uh-huh. for those folks that live in Kansas City, I don't know if this is next week. I don't know if it's happening now. Uh, but the story came out this morning that the Kansas City Star is going to be printed, I guess, where the register is printed. They must be both Gannett yeah, for that, that, for that to happen. But boy, oh boy, if you're a subscriber and you actually like the paper and look, I, I'm not as in touch with my community mm-hmm. since I gave up the paper. I just not. Yeah. I, I, it's hard to read online. I wanted that damn thing in my hands, and again, I've I don't feel like I know what's going on metro wise. All the big stories they post them up there, but but regardless, um, the Kansas City Star is going to be printed in Des Moines. So those deadlines. I mean, if there's a, if the Chiefs play on Sunday night, you'll find out about the game on Tuesday. Now, I get it that that's not your only way. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, today's day and age. It's a little bit different now. It is, it is. But just um, just another sign of the times in the industry. I mean, all the layoffs that we've seen. I mean, ESPN gutted, gutted like crazy. By the way, how about Dan Lebetard? Did you hear what he did? I did. I saw that story. What and- an amazing, amazing gesture. So his producer mm-hmm. on the Dan Lebetard show uh, was... Caught up in the in the layoffs. What and, was it? Five hundred layoffs, something like that. Four hundred. Well, lots of them. Lot, anyway, yeah. yeah, a lot of them. Um, and Lebetard's going to pay this guy out of his own pocket. Not only that, whatever he was making at ESPN, mm-hmm. Lebetard gave him a raise. Oh, I didn't even see that yes. part of it. Wow. He bumped up his salary. You know, I mean, good. good there, there's. There's good people out there, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know claim to know him at all, uh, or don't think we've ever talked to him on the radio. But uh, good for him. One yeah. of the one of the nice stories. Uh, but yeah, I just thought the Kansas City Star with the story would interest some people, and it that is, is. kind of weird that they're so printing it here. They'll print it here and then ship it, and then ship it. Put, get it in trucks. Get a bunch of trucks. Head there's down no 35. storm on thirty five. I'll imagine that too. Yeah, and then you get your distribution center, and then it goes out from there. Right. 
Well, and I get that the distribution. I mean, the, the Des Moines Register numbers from what they were to what they're right. and and look at I I know a lot of people that subscribe to the paper online right now, and it's no fault of anybody's. It's just I don't think you um, you read it as intently as maybe you did when it's actually in front of you in print version. But that aside, it's take, 2020. Take I uh, Googled this because as you were speaking, it popped into my mind. What do you think the circulation is in 2020 for the Des Moines Register? Weekday or, or Sunday? Daily. Daily subscriber, it's less than 100,000. It is. It's um, it's um, 75,000. Got to go a lot lower. Do you really? Is it 50? 33,000. Oh, my God. How about for the Sunday paper? So that doubles? Not even. Not even. 56,877. That's the circulation. I, mm. I didn't realize. Now, this is not online numbers? No, no. That's where most people... Right. And that's where subscriptions yeah. happen. But, boy, that just goes to show you just is how different it was, how different it is. And across the state... Uh, what it was, we got the register all the time in North Iowa. You know, we're over two hours away. Uh-huh. But the register was part of the rotation. You mm-hmm. go to every gas station, it's in there every single place. And I'm sure it was the same in Dubuque and Sioux City and in all points in between. And what are those numbers like anymore? <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, it's, great it's a different world. 33,000. Wow. How much lower can it go before they just say, you know what, go online? Mm-hmm. Seriously. There, there's, there's At the there's, peak, 250,000. Was the daily subscription numbers, and that's how many years ago? Does it say? Didn't say there. No, just kind of scrolling through a couple of things. But yeah, two fifty. All right, uh, NFL tonight, which uh, certainly uh, has my attention. Pretty decent game. It is. I mean, for um, they'll play twice in the day. I'll, I'll tell you, the Titans and the Colts. Mm-hmm. That's what we've got tonight. Uh, Tennessee's the home team. Uh, these two teams will play each other twice in the next three weeks. But uh, whoever wins the series is going to get a home game. I mean. That's that's what this is about, mm-hmm. and it's Derrick Henry against a really good Colt run defense. That itself, I think, is worth tuning in and watching this football game. If you love defense, if you love big running backs, and uh, you would think anyway, some big collisions on the field. <laughs> I think that that's what we're in for tonight. Uh, Ryan Tannehill versus Philip Rivers, the quarterback battle, but a pretty good game. We haven't talked much about the Colts. The Colts are, I guess, a quasi regional team. Notice more Colts fans because of the Peyton, Peyton era. Manning, sure. Yeah, I think that was a big part of it. And you had a couple of Hawkeye connections with Bob Sanders and, and Dallas, Dallas Clark. Clark sure, and yeah. a few people jumped aboard yep. then, too. So they're outside of our Chiefs, Packers, Vikings, Bears. But probably that next tier, along with the national yeah. teams, probably the, the Colts are right up there. This team is a team that I really want to like. I like. I bet them before the season to mm-hmm. win the division. And I watch them sometimes and. Love the defense. Yeah. Love the offensive Quentin line. Nelson is as good a left guard as there is in football. We've mentioned Phil Rivers. I, he's not the same guy. Sure. No. He's, he's one of those guys that you wish would have worn the same helmet for his entire career. At least that's how I feel. Was it last week when uh, they were looking to throw a deep pass and they had to bring Brissett into the game? Yeah, I'm not surprised. I, I think it was last week and uh-huh. it was like a 45-yard throw. Right. And, and I mean, he's, he, he's always had that quirky delivery, mm-hmm. uh, but he's a... He's a fun in his prime, and he's one of those guys that never got to the to the to the, to the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's had some good runs with those Chargers teams, but they always came up a little short uh, for whatever reason. Um, Nate Kading missing a big kick yeah. in, in awful conditions. I mean, it was terrible conditions for any kicker against the Colts, right? I don't remember. Probably it could certainly could have been so, and there yeah. maybe one against the Jets. He missed. It was back to back playoff years that he missed kick. One mm-hmm. was a game winner, and the other one I think was in a tie game. 
that could have capped it for him, and they lost in overtime. But that left side of the offensive line is great. Yeah, of course, Quentin Nelson, best guard in the league. I think so. And uh, Costanzo next to him, mm-hmm. good center, and Kelly, Alabama guy, yep. it's, works pretty well to draft yeah. those kind of guys. But Jonathan Taylor, when I've watched him, and I didn't pick him in my fantasy leagues, and I'm in way too many, as you know, but yeah. never picked him. But I've done a few daily fantasies, and wow, Price is right, pick him up. And when I watch him, just I expected more. I thought he was going to be hit the ground running with that offensive yeah. line. Last couple of weeks has been the Wilkins kid who does the backflip after he scores mm-hmm. touchdowns, which is awesome to see. He's been getting more run in the second half. I think a couple of fumbles this year for, for Taylor, so... It's a team I want to like more. Feels like they should be better than they are. Is it just the quarterback holding I, the back? I think so. They'll, there's some people out there that'll tell you the offensive line is underperformed. Yeah, um, you know whether whether that's uh, true or not. I guess um, well, we'll watch tonight. Very intense. I have trouble watching the Colts. Yeah, I don't know what, they're, what they're it not, is. They're not fun team. No, to watch. they're not. And they're in the usually obviously when they're home, they're in the early window. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, so are the Vikings or the Packers or the Bears yeah. or the Chiefs a lot of times. And uh, that's where I'm going to focus. But um, all eyes on this one tonight because the college game is is Colorado State play. Is that what it is? Uh, Colorado State boys. You State. have a little affinity to Colorado State, don't you? Because of your days. Yes, I in, do. In Colorado, yeah, I do. It's um, uh, Fort Collins is a very nice town. It um, spent a little bit of time up there when I was living in Denver, and the new stadium's really nice. But in Colorado, Colorado State was nowhere near what Iowa, Iowa State are. By by, it's not even close. But it was, you know, I guess some kind of rivalry. Yeah, some kind of rivalry. Nowhere near the. Top. They go to Boise, who's trying to get off the mat after BYU gave him the whooping, and uh, the blue turf. I heard more complaints before the BYU game. They're wearing the all it's blue. It's hard to see. The, it, watching your TV in HD. Shouldn't you know they what? say they have to wear orange? Yes. I home? agree with you. You know what else? You know what other stadium is hard to watch a game at? Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta. Isn't it Mercedes-Benz? Wherever the Falcons play. Yeah, the that, new place. Yeah, yeah, the new place. Um, the turf. It, it's just, it's field turf. It is. But it's, it doesn't. It doesn't aesthetically. Uh-huh. It's hard to watch a game on. Really, Atlanta, I, I guess, think. Yeah, I'll have to maybe give that a little bit more view. I mean, when I usually get to a Falcons game, it's either on the Red Zone Channel or right. a cursory two minute glance and moving on to the next game. Or, or, or a Thursday night yeah, right. where, where you're forced to watch it. Look, Denver was there last week. That's uh-huh. why you know it's uh, that jumped out to of you. Mine. Yeah, it's not the first time. It's it's been that way for a while. Anyways. Weird fields, yeah, blue fields. Yep. You got the the purple and gray of Central Arkansas, uh-huh. and isn't there a, a red Oregon's one? always weird the no. way that they paint their turf? Yeah, but there's Eastern Washington. Yeah, what they're red. They? Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. Jimmy B's alma mater. Jimmy, we haven't talked to Jimmy B no. in a while. Saw him retweeting some stuff the other day. Haven't, haven't heard from the old man in a while yeah. though. Need <laughs> to give him a shout. Enjoys out. retirement in Arizona. All right, Daniel West coming up. Speaking of coming up, Jeffrey Miller, no relation that I know of. Uh, is going to be today's contestant in the Berkwood Bullseye. Jeffrey Miller, if you are listening, I think it's uh, my turn to shoot the gun today. We'll try and get you hooked up with uh, either uh, Berkwood Farms or Fiska's Diamonds, Mistress Brewing. There's a bunch of prizes on the board, and uh, I will shoot the gun and give you an opportunity. Well, not an opportunity. Whatever I hit, that's what you're going to win uh, that will do that on uh, KXNO's Facebook page at about 
1120, maybe 1125-ish, somewhere around there. All right, Daniel West joins us from LifeServe Blood Support. There is a critical need for convalescent plasma uh, here in central Iowa. Uh, LifeServe Blood Center, the sole provider of blood to over 120 hospitals uh, in the region, which includes Iowa, Nebraska and South Dakota, and they have a need, and we have airtime, and we're happy to give it to Danielle West. Danielle, Trent and Ken, good to speak with you again, Danielle. How are things? Oh, they're going well. Thank you so much for having me and helping us spread the word. Happy to do so, Danielle. So we're going to turn it over to you, but a real need for convalescent plaza. Uh, Is this the case normally as we go into the winter months, or has COVID even taken this need up to uh, unseen levels, perhaps? Yes, this is definitely all COVID-related. This donation that we're looking for is being transfused to critical COVID-19 patients in the hospital. And we've been collecting this product since April, but really in the last two weeks, we have seen a huge increase in the requests from our hospitals for this product, which we all know our hospitals are at max capacity. The positivity rate is going up. These are all related that the more people in the hospitals, the more they need this convalescent plasma. And so we're hoping we can get some more people that know that they had COVID, thought they had COVID, to come in and try to donate convalescent plasma for these patients. So you're obviously looking for these patients that have had COVID-19, but there's some people maybe thought they had it, never got a test, were fine, asymptomatic, or, or very mild symptoms, and they're not sure. Tell people out there that have that kind of idea, they want to help out, what they can do with LifeServe in order to find out, did I have COVID-19? Absolutely. We are currently antibody testing every blood donation that we have at LifeServe if the donor consents. So I'm Mm. encouraging people who weren't sure if they had it or not, they can come in and donate um, a whole blood pint of blood donation. We're going to test that donation, know if they have antibodies or not. And if they are positive for antibodies, we can actually use that plasma product right away and send that for convalescent plasma to a patient or if they just want to go right in to donate convalescent plasma we have a whole page on our website that talks about that that has a form they can fill out we'll get in touch and get them scheduled and do the same antibody test during their donation so really both are super helpful if people weren't sure if they had it or not uh, Life serves uh, blood su- uh, supports. Uh, Daniel West is with us. Danielle, I saw in your release that within the last two weeks, you've sent 650 units of convalescent plasma to local hospitals. Can you give us an idea what that number normally is? So two years ago, if you have that, when everything's fine, or even last year, uh, what would that number normally have been? And then how high do you anticipate that that number might get to? If two weeks ago it was 650 in the last 14 days that you sent out, where was that number and what might that number get to? Um, obviously dependent on if the supply is there. Yeah, great question. We've been tracking this through the start of the pandemic. So we did not collect convalescent plasma before the pandemic started. It's really all related to COVID-19 patients. And so since April, we've had 485 convalescent plasma donors come in and donate that product. But when you think about that number, that's a pretty low number compared to the amount that we need and the amount of positivity 
you know, in the state. So we kind of have a small group of donors that's donated so far. But when you look at that 650 units that was sent out in the last two weeks, that's a huge number for us. We were standing at around 700 units on the shelf ready to be sent out. That was really our current inventory. So when you think about that, too, we're going to deplete that very Uh quickly. And if our predictions are right, we're actually estimating that the number of the convalescent plasma products that hospitals will need will actually double in the next week or two. So it's going to be in the thousands before we know it. Uh, sad uh, situation. Well, LifeServe Blood Centers uh, is trying to help. Uh, so let's let's go through the how, uh, how long this takes, the process to do so. Uh, and again, if you think you've had it or if you've had it, so why don't you uh, uh, take the next couple of minutes and let our audience know if they're so inclined to help how they can do so. Absolutely. So folks that are interested in donating convalescent plasma for COVID-19 patients can go to our website, lifeservebloodcenter.org. It's right there on the homepage where they can find out more information. And then there's a quick form they can fill out. Since this is a special donation, our team is going to connect with them, make sure they're eligible, and then help get them scheduled. They can also call us at 800 287 Four nine zero three. The process is a little longer. It's an automated process. So we take their plasma, but then we return their red cells and platelets. So they might be in the chair for 45 minutes to an hour donating this product. So it is a little bit longer. But from one convalescent plasma donation, we actually get four different mm. units that can go help four different patients. So that is huge for us. Like I said, we're also antibody testing every donation. So if they already have an appointment on the calendar to come in and donate a whole blood or a double red cell or a platelet, we're going to test those donations as well. And we're connecting with all of our donors if they have positive antibodies to see if their next donation, they could come in and do this convalescent plasma. So I would encourage everyone to go to our website, give us a call. Or find us on social. We're on Facebook, Instagram. However they can find us, we can help them, direct them to the right area to see what they should come in and donate. And we're hoping we can get a lot of donors here soon, knowing that people's antibodies are higher, you know, right when they start testing positive or if they test for the antibodies. We want to make sure everyone has been symptom-free for 14 days, so no one's coming into our facility not feeling well but their antibodies are stronger the closer to that positive test result that they get. And our need right now is just so critical. So we're hoping we can get people scheduled in the next couple of weeks to really boost our supply of this on the shelf. And then we can freeze these products so we can use them whenever they're needed. Well, you had 700, you minus 650. That's uh, not leaving you a lot of inventory. If you can help, lifeservebloodcenter.org, lifeservebloodcenter.org, or 800-287-4903. Danielle, anything else you would like to share? Outside of convalescent plasma, we still need our normal blood donations, too. Um, You know, we used to have a lot of blood drives with high schools and colleges and businesses, and those have all been canceled due to COVID-19. As we head into the holidays, it's a scary time for us. You know, we're closed on Thanksgiving. We close on Christmas and New Year's, and winter weather always impacts us, too. So if people can come in and donate, 
during that time, that is super helpful as well. Danielle, reach out anytime. We're uh, happy to uh, to give you the airtime to spread the message, okay? Thank you so much. Good to talk to you. Daniel West, LifeServe Blood Center. Critical needs. Had 700 just uh, distributed 650 throughout Iowa, Nebraska, and South Dakota, and down to 50. So if you can, and if you're so inclined, uh, org for more information. It's um, it's that time, and getting scarier and scarier when you hear those kind of numbers and just how quickly it dwindles. Oof. 120 hospitals here across our yep. state, South Dakota and Nebraska. So this is a critical need if you can help. Please do. Yeah, three states that are all going through these uh, high COVID numbers. It's time for another $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword BILLS to 200-200. Right now, it's your chance to win $1,000 BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Uh, it's 1025 on a Thursday morning. Cody Goodwin from the Des Moines Register will join us next. I'm going to do a lot of listening to Cody and Trent talk about high school football. That's coming up next. And then Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports got a five-pack of games. A lot of Big Ten on Lee's slate that he's going to share his thoughts with. He'll join us at about 10 minutes before 11. Miller in Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.0. Just past 10.30, Miller and Condon on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. About 15 minutes or thereabouts, Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports uh, will give us a look at five games that he likes from a betting perspective. Uh, Lee Sterling coming up at uh, 10.50-ish. Right now, Cody Goodwin from the Des Moines Register. He covers high school sports uh, for the most part. Cody, Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. Cody, how are you? I appreciate you guys having me. I'm I'm doing good. We're at that point in the year where I just get to sit and watch football for three straight days. Uh, so it's, uh, life's pretty good. Indeed it is. You know, before we get into the football, some wrestling news yesterday, a cancellation. But when you look at the high school, the, the winter sports, uh, look, baseball was, for the most part, done very, very well. And with, uh, with very few sad situations where schools had to shut down. Likewise, football. But once you get indoor with basketball and, of course, with wrestling, um, there's a lot of uh, angst, I would say, is probably the right description. And one of the preseason meets, I, I believe that's what you classify this, was just shut down yesterday? Yeah, there was uh, there, there was a big tournament that's getting set up in, in Coralville. This was going to be the first year of it called the Dan Gable Donnybrook. And um, the essence behind the tournament was that, you know, Iowa um, wrestling programs can only go out of state um, to compete in other tournaments in bordering states. Um, which maybe limits them from going to some of the premier wrestling um, competitions that are maybe, um, you know, in like Ohio or out in Pennsylvania, or I know that there's a big tournament in California, um, you know, each year. And so I, the genesis behind this idea was to maybe try and bring some of those premier wrestling programs to the state of Iowa to wrestle some of Iowa's best. And this was going to be the first year of it. It was going to be held at Extreme Arena in Coralville, that brand new facility mm-hmm. out there. And um, you know, just because of COVID and, and, you know, some of these teams maybe being a little bit hesitant to either travel across state lines or go to big tournaments like this. I mean, there were supposed to be, I think, 33 teams um, at this particular tournament in early December. Um, you know, they just decided to pull the plug. Um, and that's, you know, maybe this is going to be the first sign of what's going to be maybe a really fragile wrestling season or maybe just a really fragile winter sports season um, you know, in general. I mean, th- things are, it's going to be a lot of touch and go and it, it's going to be 
um, you know, I, we're really going to have to keep our head on a swivel in terms, you know, as we kind of make our way into the winter sports season to see, you know, how we're going to navigate this. Um, you know, that's the first big domino to fall. I know that the Council Bluffs Wrestling Classic, um, that's another big tournament every year in mid-December. I don't believe that one's going to go off. So, um, you know, really curious to kind of see how the wrestling season first practice starts on Monday, um, but how the competition portion of this wrestling season is going to slowly start to shape out. Wrestling a completely different sport too. When you look at you know, social interactions, what's happening? Even football, yeah, you're tackling each other, and then you're off of them right. a couple seconds later. And wrestling, it is six minutes in high school, seven minutes at the collegiate level, where you are on top of each other. You are in that close contact. Face coverings, it's already difficult enough to get your lungs when you're talking about you know uh, wrestling. How much more difficult would it be to do something with face coverings and just the likelihood that? Wrestling might be somebody that's early on the chopping block. Yeah, that, I, you know, I, I think it, it would be tough. I mean, let's be real. You know, you'd have something blocking your, your airway, and, um, you know, anybody who has wrestled before know that those six minutes, I mean, it can, it can be a little bit of hell sometimes, you know, just trying to catch your breath normally, and then you're going to try and block the pathway to get, um, you know, oxygen in while you're going 100 miles an hour for six straight minutes in some cases. Um, it'd be tough. You know, there's a couple of states that are actually going to, you know, force their athletes to wear face coverings. I know Michigan is one of them. Um, I think Massachusetts might be another one. Um, you know, the NFHS, the national governing body of high school sports is kind of leaving it up to the states. I don't believe that Iowa is going to require that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things, um, you know, I, a pessimist might look at wrestling and say, you know, Hey, this is full body contact. I'm not sure that maybe we can do this until we're able to kind of get out of the woods here, especially here in Iowa where case counts have really soared in recent weeks. Um, and especially this week where I think, you know, we've surpassed 20,000 cases, new cases this week alone. Um, you know, but then another, um, you know, I, some other optimist point of view might, might look at wrestling and say, Hey, you know, this, this could be a sport that's uniquely prepared to, um, you know, do, you know, install some easy mitigation efforts, you know, in terms of, you know, temperature checks and making sure that kids aren't showing symptoms, you know, I mean, they do skin and nail and all sorts of health checks before these kids step on the scale every day. Um, so it might be a few small adjustments here and there, um, you know, in, in order to try and do our best to get wrestling off the ground this winter. Um, it's going to look different. It's not going to be a normal season. The collegiate season is not going to be a normal season. Um, I think I, at this point, I'd be really shocked if we have a lot of bigger tournaments outside mm -hmm. of the postseason at both the high school and collegiate level. Um, you know, you might see a few more tri-duels and quad-duels where you get three or four teams together in the same building one night a week, and, and they just, you know, they get three or four matches in. Um, I think that'll be the norm. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, that you know, we, we may hit a clearing in January. I, we may hit, you know, I, there, there's, you know, we, we don't we still don't know a lot about how we're navigating this virus. And it's only going to get more tricky as we get into the winter sports season. Well, let's talk about why the uh, scene has shifted. We are now under the dome. Uh, Pleasant Valley and Southeast Polk tomorrow at four o'clock. Ankeny Dowling Catholic falls at 730. Both games you can hear right here on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM and read about it in Des Moines Register.com. Cody's going to be up there. So, Cody, let's start with the early one. A couple of unbeatens, Pleasant Valley and Southeast Polk. Uh, let's start with that one. Polk has had a tremendous season, but we really don't know much, at least you know the, uh, the, the uninformed, the fringe fans. We know what's going on in our backyard, but tell me, tell the audience about this Pleasant Valley team. Is Southeast Polk got a, uh, a tricky opponent on the other side of the field? They, they definitely have a tough opponent. Um, this I, Pleasant Valley, they, they are very stout defensively. Um, they run kind of a funky option-type run-first offense. 
Um, so it's a lot of misdirection, um, you know, not unlike the way Pizzetti, Pizzetti maybe yeah, okay, yeah. not unlike the way Pizzetti runs yeah. his offense. Gotcha. Um, so a lot of misdirection, a lot of pre-snap motion, um, you know, and, and you never really know who's going to get the ball. So it's going to take some disciplined defense um, from Southeast Polk if they want to try and contain that offense. The other thing, too, is that, um, you know, last week against Iowa City West, who I thought may have had the superior offense, um, Pleasant Valley mixed in a little bit of pass. Um, so there is a little bit of versatility on the offensive side of the ball for the Spartans. They're really tough. They, they kind of, you know, they proved over the course of the season that they're kind of the Eastern Iowa team to beat. So Polk's going to have their hands full. Um, I don't believe it's anything they can't handle, though. I mean, this, they have just been so sound and so solid all year. They've got the playmakers on offense. They obviously have just as many playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, just watching them over the course of the year, I've been trying my best to kind of, you know, rack my brain how you describe Southeast Polk. They're, they're kind of a tidal wave. You know, it's, it's a little bit inevitable. You kind of see it coming. And um, so far, no team has figured out how to stop it. So maybe Pleasant Valley can put some things on film. Maybe they can shock the state and take out the number one ranked team. Um, I think it's going to be a really interesting game. I like the Rams, um, but there's a lot to like about this matchup uh, solely because maybe a lot of us here in Central Iowa haven't seen Pleasant Valley in person. So this should be a good one. Full compliment now for Ankeny with Arlen Bruce the fourth uh, available. He got eligible halfway through the season. Offense is great. Jace Bowers is as good as you're going to find. Dolly Catholic, what have you seen out of the Maroons? And uh, when you look at them, the improvements that we've seen since the beginning of the season. Yeah, I, you know, this, a lot of this is the same thing we've been seeing the last seven years, really. I mean, this is a Dowling team that, you know, maybe they don't have the explosive playmakers that we've seen, like a Jason Murray, um, you know, like a, like a, uh, you know, these running backs that they have had year after year after year, like a Jacob Zachary, um, you know, they, they have kind of, I mean, you've watched plenty of Dowling this year, Trent. They've kind of gone back and forth with a two-quarterback system, um, you know, maybe just to try and mix things up or just to kind of keep defenses honest. Um, but a lot of the same traits that have led to seven straight state titles mm-hmm. are exactly, I mean, that makes up this year's team as well. They play really sound defensive football. Um, they are not really going to beat themselves. You know, this may not be as, as an explosive team or this may not be, you know, a team chock full of playmakers, but they still have, you know, Louis Brooks, um, a senior receiver. He's out on the outside. You've got to account for a guy like that. Andrew Lynch, a tight end, now back healthy. Um, that's a guy that you need to account for over the middle, and he's also basically a sixth offensive lineman when they need him and they want to run the ball. Um, you know, they, they, they play really sound football. They're never really in bad position. Um, now they're going to have their hands full with this explosive Ankeny offense. I mean, as you mentioned Arlen Bruce. Um, when the Hawks added him, they basically took an offense that was already a Ferrari and morphed into a spaceship. Um, and so that's no team has really figured out a way to stop. It. I mean, you can try and stop everybody else, and even then, um, you know, because you got Brody Brecht on the outside, you've got Arlen Bruce who can line up in the slot or out of the backfield if he's in the slot. You got Colin Kadoff, who's a thousand-yard rusher, Weston Folk at receiver. Um, you know, and if you're, if you find a way to cover everybody, Jace Bauer can still tuck the ball and run. Um, there's just a lot of ways that this Ankeny offense can hurt you. So this might, this is absolutely going to be the toughest challenge for Dowling's defense this season. Um, I, I'm very excited about this one. Um, I think I picked Ankeny in a pretty close game. I, I'm not sure that this one is going to get too out of hand scoring wise, mm. just because we really never see that from Dowling's defense. Um, you know, they never really break when it comes to, you know, playing some of these high powered offenses. Um, but I am really curious to see how, you know, I, one thing that maybe doesn't get talked about enough is Ankeny's defense. They have been very, very, very good all season long. Um, you know, I think they've only allowed 20 points once this season. I, they, I, because the offense is a spaceship, we just don't talk about them enough. So I'm very curious to see how Dowling's offense can find holes in that Ankeny defense. And that might be how the game gets decided. You know, if they can move the ball a little bit, it could get really interesting. If not, 
I could see the Hawks running away with this one. Uh, it's going to be fascinating. So where will we, when we look back at this last seven years, what Dowling has done? I mean, I n- never's a long time. But boy, oh boy, it sure seems like it's going to be a, a long shot, especially at the at 4A. Well, maybe not. I want to get your take on that. Would it be easier for another team to duplicate that at one of the lower classes, like maybe an eight-man? Point being, Cody, it's going to be really, really difficult for this streak, this remarkable seven years in a row of winning the state title in football. We'll never see this again. I, I'm shocked we've even seen it at all. Um, you know, I know that that a lot was made of Iowa City Regina's run not too long ago. Kind of, you know, it kind of overlapped a little bit with what Dowling was able to do. I think they won, you know, two in a row in 2A and then they dropped down to 1A. And, I, you know, I think they won four more in a row. And even then after that, they made the state championship game the two years that they weren't able to win it. Um, so, you know, you're talking eight straight years playing in the final game of their season. Um, that, I mean, th- th- these two runs specifically, and I mean, especially Dowling at, in Iowa's largest class. Right. I, I don't think we'll ever see this again. And, I, you know, you'd be hard-pressed to really see this type of success in a large class system in any state, in any sport. I mean, it's, it's a little I, – you know, I keep using the word ridiculous, but, you know, I, I, a lot of the same traits that, you know, we're going to see on display tomorrow night have been kind of the foundation of what this team has been able to do and what they've been about. You know, they, they don't really ever beat themselves. They play really sound football. They make the plays when they need to make them. Um, you know, and if you're going to find a way to knock them off, which nobody has in the postseason over the last seven years, um, you got it. You have to make the play to beat them. And, and no team has been able to do that. Could it, could it change over the next two weeks? Um, perhaps, but we thought that a couple years ago, and they still found a way right. to pull it out. Um, so I, it's, it's incredible what Tom Wilson and his staff have been able to do. It's incredible that year after year after year, these kids have been able to, I mean, there are first grade, first graders in West Des Moines who know nothing other than Dowling winning state championships. Think about um, that. So I, whether they continue it or whether it comes to an end this year, I, we got to kind of stand up and, and give a standing ovation to what this program has been able to do because it just, we just don't see this. We never see this and nor should we see it, but you know, kudos to the Maroons for what they've been able to do and what they are continuing to do. Semifinals start this morning. Montezuma and St. Mary's uh, close to halftime there. 40-36 at eight-player football as they approach halftime. Give us uh, another semifinal that you're looking forward to away from Class 4A. I'm looking at tomorrow morning. St. Ansker, who runs the wishbone against Iowa City Regina with Marv Cook, his son at the quarterback position. They run spread. You talk about contrasting styles. You'll get it there. What's your favorite semifinal? I think I'm going to go with the Saturday, the Saturday ECM Class One A game, um, OABCIG and Sigourney Kyoto. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the PCM Walk On game. I think that one's going to be really fun. The other two A game, Central Line Comanche. Um, that's a fun clash of styles. But OABCIG and Sigourney Kyoto. OABCIG. They've got Cooper DeGene, the Iowa commit. Um, he is putting up all sorts of offensive record numbers, um, which is crazy impressive considering he's going to go to Iowa City and play defensive back. Um, but this Sigourney Kyoto team, they um, I don't know how many people maybe remember, but they, they went 8-1 and one and missed the playoffs last year. Um, they have been kind of on a revenge tour this year. Here are their postseason scores so far. 49-0, 35-14, and 35-32. These are the two highest scoring offenses in Class 1A. Um, it could really come down to who has the ball last or maybe you know the loser might have to punt once or twice. Um, I'm really looking forward to that one. That one's at 1230 on Saturday, right after Van Meter plays South Central Calhoun. Um, so people who are going to pay attention to that one here in Central Iowa, maybe keep the stream up and catch that second 1A semifinal game. I think it could be a lot of fun. Cody, great stuff. We uh, hope to track you down next week to preview the championship game. Thanks, uh, Cody Goodwin from the Des Moines Register. Appreciate it, Cody. 
Thanks for having me, guys. Good to talk to you, Cody Goodwin, as we talk a little high school sports. Take a time out. It's tough to segue. Yeah, not not the smoothest transition from high school sports to sports wagering. Next, well, Miller. I mean, there are. Remember that it used to be that points that uh, offshore that would have Dude, Iowa high school. You know what lines and you yes, and you would find them uh-huh. uh, and probably bet them. But, well, uh, Miller and Condon have, joined by Lee Sterling next. Fourteen sixty kicks and oh what? dot com. Condon, welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM, about 1050-ish. On a Thursday morning, we will get into the Hawks at 11.05 with John Bolenkamp from HawkeyeNation.com. Pete Futek, College Football News, joins us about 11.30, somewhere around there. Right now, Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com, Thursday Night Football coming up tonight. Uh, Lee, another good week for you last week. Another winning week for you last week, Lee Sterling. What's your weekly record since we've been uh, back, you've been back with us at the beginning of uh, football season? I mean, have you had a losing week? I, we haven't. We've had a, a lot of three and two and a few four and one weeks. Actually, for my clients, I lost last week. So you did. Um, full transparency. I, I I don't think I've ever had this many games. I had eighteen games from Thursday through Monday. We went nine to nine, but I missed on my two uh, two of my three biggest games. And with the juice, we ended up losing. So uh, I think my. My clients will benefit. I get more people to purchase my games after a losing week because they realize <laughs> I'm probably not going to lose two in a row because we've had actually eight out of ten winning weeks. So uh, we're going with a bounce back week this week. And I, I, I just don't have that many games. A couple of the games I was going to play were taken off. I mean, it seemed like every five minutes uh, yesterday, uh, one of my employees was coming in telling me, you know, we lost another game. Ohio State, Maryland, and mm-hmm. all the three SEC games. So I have eight games combined Saturday and Sunday, we call it crazy eights, just $88. And I'm so sure I'm going to win. If I don't go five and three or better on this promotion, get the following week for free. So crazy eights, eight games, $88. It's an instant download. It's available right now. ParamountSports.com. All right, let's get into the here and now, Lee Sterling, with some of these games we're going to opine. And you're heavy on the Big Ten with what you're going to share with us. Penn State, Nebraska, I don't know. Yeah, right, uh, don't. Penn State's a three-point favorite. Someone's going to win. Uh, so my nephew's four years old, and he's starting to get into football, and I'm telling the team he has an incredible memory, and, and he knows that neither one is one. So I told him, so what do you think of this game? He goes, I think I'd rather go to school. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> but someone's going to win. Someone's going to win, and someone's going to get a little bit of momentum. Uh, Nittany Lions 0-3, Nebraska's 0-2. Uh, it's been slow growth here for Scott Frost. The Big Ten defenses are a lot harder to move past uh, than these Pac-12 and AAC defenses. Um, Nittany Lions are ranked 95th in scoring defense, also seven turnovers already this year. I, I also think that Nebraska has the more explosive players on offense. So uh, it may not be pretty. Both teams might to turn the ball over a couple times, might come down to a game-winning field goal. But I'm going to take the points here in Nebraska. I think they win this game here outright, 27-24. Going with Nebraska, pick number one. This one, boy, on paper, after what we saw last week at Kinnick Stadium, Michigan State looked mm-hmm. awful. Terrible. Same team that looked awful against Rutgers. In between, they beat Michigan. What does that mean? And then we have top 10 Indiana. 
I, I didn't think I'd live long enough to see that. Yet here we are, Indiana laying a seven and a half against Michigan State. So one of the things I, I almost never do is I never go against a red hot quarterback. Right now, Michael Penix for Indiana is red hot. Seven touchdowns, just one interception. He's mobile. Putting the ball, I mean, you watch the location where he's putting the ball. It is right there. So um, don't want to go against him. They're also plus six is Indiana. Turnover ratio after three games here. Michigan State, two losses. They have ten turnovers to Rutgers and Iowa. Iowa was a clear letdown spot for them after the Michigan game. Michigan State, they just have no identity. I mean, they used to think of them as a power team, play good run defense, run the football. But they've only run for 59, 60, and 126 yards this year. Bottom 10 in the country. I'll take Indiana. They're still soaring, 40 to 20. Indeed they are. Well, Wisconsin, we don't know about Graham Mertz. We hope to see him just for because it'll be a better football game. Uh, Wisconsin's a four-and-a-half-point favorite. They will face Michigan. Mm-hmm. Michigan, another team that had an identity. Not anymore. They've gone, how about this, in, in their three games from rushing for 258 yards. That was against Minnesota that had a really depleted uh, front seven on defense to 152 to 13. So Joe Milton's going to have to shoulder this offense and carry him if they want to be good. And uh, Wisconsin, people think of them as a home team. They're actually better on the road. Last two road games uh, to end last year, they won 37 21, 38 17. Uh, they returned nine starters on defense. Um, times are changing. Wisconsin is a borderline elite team. Michigan is fading. The only question now is. How much can you know? Has COVID affected Wisconsin? I don't think that much. I think uh, they've got the depth to, to to make it through the first couple weeks back. I like the Badgers here, twenty eight twenty. Going with Bucky to get it done. We finish up Friday night as Iowa makes their way up to Minneapolis to take on the Gophers. Minnesota's defense has been brutal. Iowa inconsistent, one and two on the season. Three and a half the number here. Kind of interesting with that extra hook. What do you got for us? Yeah, and, and a lot of teams, when you watch a lot of Big Ten games, a lot of these teams, they, they, they match up the same, it seems like, almost every year. And Iowa's done real well, 5-0 and straight up, last five games, 3-1-1 one, and one against the spread in the series. Minnesota 0-2, oh, uh, last week beat Illinois, that was playing with a four-string quarterback. I mean, big deal. I mean, Minnesota, now 1-2, and two, they're going to be without possibly two of their starting offensive linemen for this game. Um, they really have three players. They got a quarterback, they got a running back, they got a receiver, and the rest of the guys are Jags. Just another guy filling a spot here. Minnesota three seven and one is a home dog under PJ Fleck. Iowa, another team that's really good on the road, seventeen and six as a road favorite. I think Iowa's starting to get it going here. Give me the Hawkeyes, 35-28. All right, apparently the snow is starting to fall in the Twin Cities as we speak. Your game of the weekly, Sterling-Notre Dame, a remarkable win over Clemson last week, a really entertaining football game. Uh, there at Boston yep. College, 10.5 is the number. Uh, Should be a fun game. I'm yep. with you. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, is, is Notre Dame just going to keep rolling? Uh, if that big win or Boston College, which has been up and down, uh, can they pull the upset or keep it close? My strongest game of the week. You want to get it for free? Just call right now, toll free, 800-400-9741. We'll give you the Notre Dame-Boston College game on me. Look for a nice bounce-back week this week. So eight games, $88, and if we don't go five and three or better, get next week for free. It is guaranteed. ParamountSports.com or 800 400 
888-957-9741. Let's just hope we don't get any more canceled games. Here's how crazy this year is, guys. Two of the biggest games could be coming up in December. It could be Coastal Carolina, <laughs> undefeated Coastal Carolina versus undefeated Liberty. Oh, wow. And I'm hearing BYU is trying to schedule Marshall on December 19th. Are they? Both of those two teams are undefeated also. Uh, interesting. Good for BYU for being aggressive like that. Lee, we'll yep. talk to you in a week's time. Appreciate it, Lee Sterling. Okay, thanks, guys. See you. Good to talk to you. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. All right, uh, let's get into that Hawkeye Gopher game and Hawkeye Hoops as well with John Bowen Camp. He's coming up next. College football with Pete Futek and college football news. Before we get out of here, we'll get Trent's pick on tonight's Thursday night football. Miller and Condon, another hour to go, 1460. KXNO and 106.3 FM.